The following audio is from LaGrange Church of Christ, located in Texas. For more information about LaGrange Church of Christ, please visit our website at www.lagrangecoc.com. Well, um, it's good to be with you this morning. Uh, I, I missed last week. I was off on vacation. I appreciate you allowing me to, to be away for a week. I know Roy did an excellent job for y'all, but it's good to be back. Good to, good to be with this family here. And so we're going to continue our study of the book of Proverbs. And we'll be in Proverbs chapter 25 this morning if you want to look in your Bible. If not, we'll have it up on the screen. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. I have a dream. Four score and seven years ago, our fathers brought forth on this continent a new nation conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. Uh, these are words that, that many of us know by heart, and we've heard them many times before. They are words that mean something. They are words that have helped to shape the country in which we live. And I say all of this to say that words matter. These things that roll off our tongue and dance on our lips are of great value. They have the power to build up or the power to destroy. They can do great good or they can do great damage. And this is why it's important that we talk about the words that we use. We saw evidence of the power of words this last week when a presidential candidate said something about a judge of Mexican descent. His words have been discussed on the news and off the news for several days now. But it doesn't matter whether or not we are running for president. It doesn't matter whether or not we are CEO of an important country. Our, our words matter to those who are around us. And people pay attention to what we say. And the words that come out of our mouth, they say something about ourselves, they reflect upon our family, and they say something about the faith in which we proclaim. And so Scripture has much to say about our speech. In Matthew chapter 12, verses 35 through 37, Jesus says, The good person out of his good treasure brings forth good, and the evil person out of his evil treasure brings forth evil. And I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. And so Jesus certainly believed that words matter. They matter so much that these words that we speak will go with us beyond the grave. And so God looks at what we say. He, he pays attention to how we use language. And one of the reasons why words are so important is that they reveal our character. If a person is continually tearing down, then this tells us something about that person. On the other hand, if a person is encouraging, if they are uplifting, then this reveals something about them as well. Jesus says that a good person uses their language for good, and an evil person uses their language for evil. James, the brother of Jesus, also has much to say about what comes out of our mouth. We, we heard part of that this morning in the reading by David. But there's also this in James 3, 8 through 10. 
He writes, no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With it, we bless our Lord and Father. With it, we praise God. We come to worship. And with it, we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth came blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. And so James here speaks of the difficulty of controlling the tongue. And he reminds us that we should not be hypocritical with our speech. We should not come to worship on Sunday and and praise God with our lips only to leave and speak evil of a person on Monday. We should be consistent with what we say. Why is this so important? It's because people easily recognize hypocrisy. We cannot say that our mission is to love God and love others and then go around using our words in an unloving way. That won't work. If we're going to be a light in this community, if we're going to influence people for good, then our words must match our faith. And so what we claim to believe on Sunday must be evident in our speech Monday through Saturday. Well, like Jesus and James, the book of Proverbs is greatly concerned about our speech. There is so much said about words and speech and and what we do with our mouths in the book of Proverbs that, that virtues and vices associated with speech, they receive their own category. Wisdom and character is closely related to what we say. A person is considered foolish when they say the wrong thing. And we tend to remember words of wisdom long after they are uttered. We repeat them. We share them with others. We pass them on to our children. Words are powerful. And so we must be careful how we use them. And so in Proverbs 25, verses 11 through 15, we find one of several discourses on the importance of speech within this book. And so let's, let's read this, beginning in verse 11. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in a setting of silver. Like a gold ring or an ornament of gold is a wise reprover to a listening ear. Like the cold of snow in the time of harvest is a faithful messenger to those who send him. He refreshes the soul of his master's. Like clouds and wind without rain is a man who boasts of a gift he does not give. With patience, a ruler may be persuaded, and a soft tongue will break a bone. Well, there is much wisdom in these Proverbs, and it begins with the words spoken at the right time. And all of us have experienced this in our lifetime. We've witnessed a person who has said the right thing at the right time. But probably more often than not, we have all regretted some point in our life not saying something at a particular moment. Perhaps, uh, you know, we couldn't think of anything to say at the time. The, the right words were not there, and it was only later that they came to us. And so to say the right thing at the right time is a beautiful thing. According to the author of Proverbs, it's like a beautiful piece of art. People remember that. They talk about it. They they carry it with them. But speech is not just about what one says. It's It's also about being a good listener. 
And so if no one is listening, then what a person says doesn't really matter. And so our words need to be heard. Uh, The church is a community that is united around Jesus. And in order to be an effective and and loving community, uh, we must all be good listeners. And so community is comprised of people who both speak and listen. A community is unhealthy if it's lacking in wise speech or if it contains people who do not listen well. And listening may seem natural, it may seem normal, but but really listening is an art. And Jesus even acknowledged in his ministry that there would be people who heard him, but, but really didn't understand him. They weren't good listeners. And so we must prepare ourselves to listen. We must come with the right attitude. We need to listen to others as we would want them to listen to us. And this often involves holding back our judgment until we've heard what someone else has to say. Because people often misunderstand what another person is saying because they have formed an opinion ahead of time. They already think they know what the other person is going to say, and so they don't really listen at all. They only hear what they want to hear. Another thing that makes us bad listeners is when we don't really listen because we're just waiting to talk ourselves. We're we're so focused on making our point or or telling our story that the only thing that we're really listening for is a break in the conversation. And this really isn't a conversation at all. It's just two people talking past one another. And so listening is something that requires concentration. It requires focus. We cannot listen well if we're always checking our phones in the middle of a conversation or watching the TV behind the person who is actually talking. And one of the reasons church potlucks are so important in modern times, I believe, is because it's one of those rare occasions when we are in a room having conversations without screens to distract us. We're able to simply sit and listen. The Proverbs in verses 13 and 14 are about the messages that we send and receive. And a lot has changed since this was first written, but the, but the meaning behind these Proverbs is still the same. And so in ancient times, there was no postal service. There, there were no telephones or email or texting. None of that was around. And so if you wanted to get a message from one place to another, you had to send a messenger. You gave the messenger, the message that you wanted to send, and then they traveled by foot to deliver that message. And this could take days, weeks, or even months, depending on the destination. And so to know that your message would be delivered and that you didn't have to worry about the messenger getting sidetracked or something like that, this was a tremendous thing. It was a blessing. And so according to the writer of Proverbs here, it was like the cold of snow during the time of harvest. And this is an interesting image because the people of Israel did not receive snow during the harvest season. Why? Because it's hot. This was hard work. But the point is this. Wouldn't it be nice to receive a blast of cold air while you're working hard out in that hot field? 
Um, in fact, this is such a powerful image that advertisers still use it today. They, they, they use it to convince us to buy a cold soda, you know, when it's hot outside. The, the heat of the day is contrasted with the cool, refreshing beverage. And this is what the writer of Proverbs is doing here. A faithful messenger is like this. Now, the flip side of this is verse 14. It's a messenger who cannot deliver on what they have promised. What they say does not come true. Now, in a world that is run on technology, how does an ancient proverb about a messenger who delivers news by foot apply to us today? Well, how a message is delivered has changed drastically over the years, but the content is still the same. And so we still have two options. We can either trust the message or we cannot. The message either comes from a wise source or a foolish source. And so we share more messages today than our ancestors ever dreamed of sharing. As I speak right now this morning, millions of of messages are being shared on Facebook and and Twitter and, and other social media platforms. Now, now, hopefully, you're not sharing one of those messages right now. But, but people you know, people you follow, they are. And there are a lot more foolish messages today than in the past. People create fake news stories that are shared thousands and thousands of times on social media. Uh, many well-meaning people share these stories not knowing that they're fake. And the advice that the writer of Proverbs gives, I think, applies to these situations. Be careful what you share. Uh, Don't trust every message. Don't get caught sharing something that comes from a foolish source. If you don't know, if you're unsure, then don't share it. Uh, There's a reason why silence is a virtue. It can often keep us out of trouble. And so wisdom is knowing when to share a message and when not to share it. And finally, uh, the writer of Proverbs speaks of the virtue of patience in regards to our speech. It's not necessary that we yell the loudest or get out front with our message. The best thing we can do with our message is be patient. The example that is given is of a person who is not very important at all, but eventually is able to convince a king because of their patience. And I think this is something that modern Christians need to learn. Uh, Patience was a very important issue or very important virtue um, in the early church, and it paid off greatly. A small group of nobodies eventually overcame the Roman government. Now, they did not do this by force. They did not do this by power. They were able to do this because of patience. We live in a time, as you well know, when many things are changing. And there is a temptation to become loud. There is a temptation to become vocal about what is happening in our culture. But loud and vocal will not win out. These are not virtues. Instead, what we should seek to be is faithful 
and patient. God calls us to be a faithful presence in a fallen world. And victory will come by choosing patience over being boisterous. In a study conducted last year, a group of scientists decided to study the effect of rudeness on others. And so they were essentially studying the power of negative words. And so they chose 24 different medical teams to participate in this study. In half of the teams, the leader would make rude comments as they were working. Uh, Now, these comments were not directed at anyone in particular. They they were just general things that that a person should not say, just kind of impolite things. And the other groups had a normal leader and did not receive any rude comments. And what they discovered is that rudeness directly affected performance and accuracy. In fact, one researcher commented, Relatively benign forms of incivility among medical staff members, simple rudeness, in other words, have robust implications on medical team collaboration processes and thus on their performance as a team. The teams where rudeness was present didn't do as well. They didn't function as well as a team. They didn't perform as well. Of course, we didn't need research to tell us this. Scripture again and again points to the importance of what we say. The words that we use have great power, and we must decide how we're going to use them. As we wrap up this morning, I want to again remind us that that using our words wisely can be difficult. It's something that requires practice. It takes effort on our part. And so this week... I want you to pay attention to the words that you use. Be aware of what you're saying. And set some goals or guidelines for you to live by. And I want to leave you with two challenges for this coming week. Over the next seven days, you're going to have lots of conversation. And this is what I want you to do. Make sure one of those conversations is encouraging. Use your words to lift someone up. Let them know that you believe in them and support them. Use your words to empower them to do something meaningful. That's one challenge. And the second challenge is this. I want you to have a conversation where you listen more than you speak. Uh, When the other person stops speaking, don't just take off with the conversation. Instead, ask them a question about something they just said. Pay attention to what they are saying and respond to to that rather than just saying whatever you want to say. And do these two things and notice how the people that you're conversing with, the people that you're engaged with respond to that. I think you'll see some amazing things. Well, ultimately, our words matter because we share the good news that we find in Scripture. And this should be the goal of each of us. We have lots of conversations, but what we really want to do is get to a point where we can talk to people about Jesus. And using our words to glorify God and glorify Jesus is the best thing that we can do with this wonderful gift of speech. Let's pray. 
Father, we come before you this morning acknowledging, just as James does, that um, speech is often difficult for us, that we want to say the right things, but sometimes the right things just don't come out. And we want to be aware of this. We want to use our speech for good. We want to use our speech to influence others in positive ways. And most importantly, we want to use our speech to draw people closer to you and closer to your son. Help us to do this, Father. Be with us this week as we strive to be aware of the words that we say. And we strive to speak in meaningful ways. We're so thankful for the example of your son and the way that he spoke and the way that he used his words. We pray this in his name. Amen.